you had a very interesting March 2020. Can you go over what happened during that time period? Started working for this company that was doing 15 million in sales a month selling vitamins. <laughs> I was managing their account. Airlines are down 90 to 95% from their all-time highs. I made an executive decision in like two and a half months, seven or eight X my investment Jeez. because I was buying so low that as it multiplied up, like my investment just popped off. We know it's manipulated, but that doesn't mean we can't ride the wave, you know? Absolutely. Welcome to the Narrow Path Podcast. My name is Mark and I am the host for this show. I have a passion for entrepreneurship, sovereignty, spirituality, consciousness, and self-mastery. It is my calling to provide you with the knowledge that I've been blessed with that allowed me to acquire wealth and freedom in my early 20s. All I ask is that you keep an open mind and understand that it is not my goal to teach, but rather share the experiences that I've had the pleasure of going through. I encourage all my listeners to do their own research, apply only what resonates, and leave what doesn't. Join me on this path as we embark on a quest for the truth. Welcome back to another episode on the Narrow Path Podcast. I am honored and humbled that you have decided to tune in to this very special episode that I have for you guys. On today's episode, I have a guest that's going to be speaking uh, with you guys here today. It is my pleasure to introduce Jason Horecki to the podcast. Jason is a graduate from the University of Florida where he studied business. He's an entrepreneur, an investor, a music producer, and an expert in the field of technical analysis where he coaches many others on how to read charts and make accurate entry and exit points. Welcome, Jason. Appreciate the introduction. Uh, very honored and excited to be here. So yeah, excited to get into it, man. For sure, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Wow. Well, um, I mean, you basically hit it, hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, was born in South Florida, lived there through elementary school, moved to North Carolina, uh, and was there from elementary school through high school. Uh, loved Asheville, North Carolina. I was up in the mountains, so spent a lot of time outside outdoors. Uh, loved hiking, loved snowboarding, spending time with friends. Uh, and then, yeah, I went to the University of Florida for college, for business, uh, and had a really cool minor in innovation. So that minor kind of pushed me to look for entrepreneurial paths to start businesses. And right out of college, I started my first business of selling products on Amazon. So I basically jumped, you know, headfirst into the Amazon game and had no idea what I was doing and kind of just figured things out as I went and made a lot of mistakes and learned from those mistakes and built a six figure Amazon store. And then uh, obviously kept growing my entrepreneurial path, got into some masterminds and 
started learning how to invest and then, you know, met up in uh, the level of collective with Jeremy. So hopefully that was a nice little summary. Oh, it's beautiful, brother. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, because you graduated from Florida with a business degree, was that what pushed you to be an entrepreneur? Um, not necessarily. Honestly, I always had that in the back of my mind. Mm. Uh, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. Mm. I've been grateful to be able to have them at home while I was growing up and kind of be a part of their business as I was growing up. Um, so they have a, a statue importing business where they create handmade statues in South America and ship them into the United States. Um, so even when I was young, I was helping them to pack and ship and go to shows like conventions. They would go to you know convention centers and have a little booth where they're selling their statues. And I would be there, you know, taking credit cards and <laughs> writing writing accounting stuff in the books and stuff like that. So I was always around them and and always appreciated that they were able to work from home and you know be around me and. Um, that's something I always, you know, aspired to be as well. Mm. Wow. So in regards to um, your mom having uh, that importing business, is do you think that pretty much being surrounded by, you know, kind of that environment, it helped kind of cultivate that path for you? Yeah, it's, it's just something that I was around and something that came really naturally to me. Um, that being said, I have a, an older sister that was also around the same business, but she didn't really have the tendencies of wanting to pursue the path of entrepreneurship. And she just wanted, you know, something stable and secure. And she got that and, and she's happy. So, you know, to each their own. I feel like everyone, again, like has their own path. And this was mine. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe you have a lot of value to add to a lot of people because you have a very, I would say, unique perspective on life, especially your upbringing, having parents that are entrepreneurs being pretty much exposed to the business life at such a young age. You were pretty much born to do this, brother. Like it's like you said, it's in your blood. Um, and I wanted to highlight on something that you said in your introduction, which was when you scaled this six-figure, you know, e-commerce business on Amazon, how long had have you been doing uh, e-commerce e for before you actually started seeing success? And what was that like? Yeah, so I believe I started around October, August, or September or October of 2018. Okay. Um, was right when I graduated, and immediately after I graduated, I was like getting right to work. And I was just full time uh, studying just YouTube videos, uh, buying courses and, and trying to, you know, learn different ways to sell on Amazon, uh, basically just like, give myself all the, the inputs and all the information that was needed to at least just get started and, and get my foot in the door. Um, and that whole idea came from a class that I took in college. Uh, so I had a whole class that was talking about what the retail industry is doing now because of online sales. Mm. So like structuring their stores in a specific way to get people to stay in their stores longer, you know, trying to like avoid people coming in and window shopping and then leaving 
you know, and I had a whole class on this. And there was a statistic in that class that the professor wrote up on the whiteboard um, talking about Amazon and talking about how 80% of all United States households have an Amazon Prime account. Mm. And when I heard that statistic, and this was 2018 or 2017, I was like a light bulb, light bulb just went off of like, okay, Amazon's here to stay. And this is a skill set that I can learn. And, you know, other people are doing it. I can do it. And again just kind of dove deep into it so um my first my first product were were actually my parents statues okay so that was like the the path of least resistance for me it was just like my parents have all these statues in their garage they literally import them and have stacks and rows and uh shelves full of these statues in their garage that they're just waiting for orders to come in to pack and ship them out so i was like perfect i got all my products here in the house i like made a deal with my parents of like hey give me a, a percentage cut of these sales or like you know i would pay for the the statue from them and you know make sure that i was like helping them out as well um that was like a big reason of why i wanted to do it was like i'll help you grow an online uh you know stream that you never had before so i basically picked you know the best selling product that they had took pictures you know professional pictures of them made the amazon listings for them and then shipped them out to amazon's fulfillment centers and kind of just crossed my fingers and was like, hope, this, hope this works and hope i don't lose my parents a bunch of money um and thankfully it was such like it's such a random like niche uh, religious it was religious statues so mm. <clears throat> thankfully it's it wasn't and still really isn't um, a saturated market online mm. um, so sales started to come in and I started you know showing my parents like hey look you know making a couple thousand dollars you know right out of college and I was, like, <laughs> I was like I didn't know that this was like possible and that got me to uh, dive deeper into it right so I didn't stop I was like okay this is one you know, product that I can sell and how do I sell other things? Hmm. So that's when I kept diving deeper and I would, you know, reinvest the money that I, um, that I started making. And I was also, honestly, I also started to drive Uber. I was like drive doing Uber eats to like make my first money to like reinvest into Amazon products. Um, cause I just saw that that was like a nice, easy way to like make some extra cash and then use that extra cash to flip it into products. So Hey, my dog was um, hustling. <laughs> I was hustling. I was hustling. Whatever, you know, however I could do it, I, I was like, I got to make it work. So mm. uh, that was when I started to learn a specific method of selling on Amazon, which is called wholesale, mm. uh, where you're buying products from suppliers in the United States that have those products already listed on Amazon. So I'm basically like making a connection and asking these suppliers, hey, am I allowed to resell these products on Amazon? with you guys and i know like just for people listening in um if you're looking at an amazon page you see you know the buy now which is like the buy box where you can just click buy now but below there's you know other sellers selling the product mm. so i would just be another seller selling the product whereas people sold or people sold out then i would eventually make my way up into that 
uh, upper box where people just press buy now and then I would be the one making that commission. That's crazy. So in, in regards to whenever you're selling these products for like, let's say just like another company, right? Would you have to advertise that you were selling it or like how would kind of you get the product to the the um the buyer? Yeah, so that was something that I was a little surprised to learn is that a lot of these suppliers, they have warehouses filled with product. Mm -hmm. They just have, you know, thousands of products laying around and all they want to do is move the product. Mm. So I tell them, I call them on the phone and I'm like, hey, I'll order 100 units a month or I'll place an order right now of 300 units. Is that cool? Like, would that, would that help you out? Right. So just buying the product from them and then emailing them shipping labels to ship their product to Amazon for me, they were making money. Hell. So I didn't even need to do any marketing. I never ran ads. I never like none of that because it was all organic traffic. So gotcha. just to touch on that a little bit, there's a lot of like third party plugins on Amazon like that Amazon sellers use that you can actually like click this one button and it'll tell you like how many sales a month this one product is doing. So you can kind of do some math of like, if there's a couple, let's say there's five sellers on the listing and I'm the sixth one, you know, then I can kind of divide that up and see how many average sales a month I'll get. And then as I became consistent with it, um, you know, it, it just became a reordering process of like, knowing when to reorder when I was running low and just calling and making sure they had product in stock and then sending it back in. And I remember we had a conversation too about how you pretty much had a social media to go on top of you doing e-commerce. Do you think that you having social media had an effect on your success with, you know, sales in regards to your e-commerce business or, or was it kind of just all because of you know, using using their organic traffic and just the knowledge that you've accumulated throughout that to kind of garner you to break six figures within you know, your um your your e-commerce business. Yeah. So, um, good question. I think that it definitely pushed my entrepreneurial journey forward mm. uh, because a lot of opportunities opened up after I put myself online. Um, I mainly created the online presence that I had for myself for my business page uh, just to give out free info and be a valuable resource, but also to open the opportunity to do coaching. Um, I learned pretty quickly that I have a, a good talent to or in kind of like explaining things that are difficult in an easy way. So once I like realized that I could do that, I was like, okay. I can make an extra, you know, side income teaching others to do what I'm doing. Again, if I could do it, others can do it. And it's funny um, because I started posting my my wins and my success and and my story. Um, I actually had a big business, a multi million dollar business, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Really, <laughs> I had I had so many messages on LinkedIn, like my. LinkedIn messages were just flooded of like, Hey, you're an Amazon seller, use this product or, you know, use this oh, or use us. And I was so tired of getting those messages that like one came in one day and I was like, no, no, I don't need your services. I'm good. 
And they responded back like, no, 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 we're actually like looking to hire you. Mm. Like I literally like turned them down <laughs> because I thought it was just another ad or another like promotion or something. Yeah. And they were like pretty close to me in South Florida at the time. Um, and I went in and I talked to these guys and um, they basically had a monopoly on all of the biggest vitamin brands on Amazon. They were the only seller of all of these huge vitamin brands. So if you type in vitamins, their company was selling all of the ones on the first page. Mm. And they basically said, like, we're looking for people that know how to use Amazon, that are Amazon sellers that can come in and help us to manage our store. And they basically allowed me to continue running my business on the side. So that was like a big thing. I was like, Hey, I've got this business that I'm running and you know, it's going well. And they said, okay, yeah, no worries. You know, if you're able to do that, you know, semi passively, I was just sending some emails and phone calls really to like run this business. Um, they were like, you can come in and, and work for us. So I got hired and started working for this company that was doing 15 million in sales a month selling vitamins. <laughs> I was managing their account. What? And that like really like sharpened my skill set mm -hmm. um, with Amazon selling. And there's so many little intricacies and nuances that you need to know to like operate at that highest level. Um, and yeah, I worked for them for about a year and a half. And um, things, I guess, kind of fell apart when they weren't treating me as well as I thought they would. Mm. Uh, because I was the only, besides my manager, I was the only other person in that building that had their own Amazon store. So I thought they would use me more to like help them think of new ideas and new ways to grow. And they kind of overworked me. I was working long hours, like overtime without extra pay, working weekends. Um, and I was like calculating like what I was getting paid. And it was like $10 an hour after all of the hours that I was working. Wow. It's like, is that really like what my time is worth? Mm. Um, and that's when I started to look for new opportunities and new ventures and, and stuff like that from there. Mm. And was this before or after you had already broken that six figure mark? Doing it was, your, after. It was after. So yeah. it's like you kind of made this breakthrough and making all this money and then you get hired by this company and they're like, well, my time isn't worth this. So you kind of already realized that at that time period. So it's crazy the amount of opportunity social media can bring, but also the level of distraction that it can bring us. I mean, for you, I think it brought to you a whole load of experiences, which is definitely, you know, it wasn't for nothing. But I think with social media, it does bring a lot of opportunities as well as distraction. It just depends on the type of intention that we give it. Right. And you and I, we're, we're pretty much in the same community. That's how I met, you know, that's how I met Jason for the ones that are watching. Um, you're a believer in the power of mentorship and community. I mean, you coach many others in regards to investing. Can you tell us how much of an impact that that's had in your entrepreneurial journey? Just kind of giving, giving value back. Is that what you mean? just being in a pretty much a mastermind because i feel like a lot of people including myself i slept on it bro like i 
When I started my entrepreneurial journey, it was because I got into the door to door sales industry. Mm. And I was like, yep, I'm finna just make heck of money and just like try to work my way through, read books. But then it, I kind of hit a breaking point, like, like a, a limit. And it wasn't until I joined a mastermind and got together with a whole bunch of, you know, entrepreneurs that were also on their, on their journey that I could see like there was more than just beyond this limit. Like there's more potential. So that's pretty much my experience with it. But I wanted to kind of ask how much of an impact that it's made on your journey and what that was like being in a community, you know, and, and being mentored and being a mentor. Yeah. So my first mastermind that I joined was in 2019. So once I started seeing money coming in, I was very quick to just realize, like, I got to look for mentors. I got to look for advice uh, on anything. I was just looking to level up, really. And uh, the first the first mastermind that I ended up joining was called Social X. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we spoke about it a little bit before, and I'll just kind of give a quick a, a quick um, summary of what it was. But it was a Zoom mastermind where these people brought in successful multimillionaires from different walks of life. So some Facebook ad experts, real estate, um, gym, you know, personal trainers, um, investors, all different types of people. So it was cool to see that, you know, every week there was someone new that we were learning from. And I very quickly picked up on the fact that everyone's story was the same. Mm. Literally every single millionaire that came through, if it was a, you know, life coach, just, you know, someone that just wanted to like be on, you know, head talks and, you know, his story was the same as a real estate guy. You know, they had a, a tough upbringing. They pushed through, you know, their problems and, you know, any distractions or any, blockages that came up they worked through them they got through them and they were just persistent and obsessed with with their line of work and you know it was really inspiring to to see and to hear you know all of these people but uh it was pretty clear to me like what i needed to do i i saw pretty clearly like what i needed to do which was to have a laser focus on where I wanted to be and wh who I wanted to become and to learn, you know, from the best possible person that could, could basically take me to where I want to get to. Um, Real quick. How did you kind of cultivate like that, that mindset of like who you wanted to become pretty much? Cause I think having laser focus is, is really good, but not a lot of people know where to kind of put that focus into so yeah. at that time period did you know like the type of person that you wanted to become like who you wanted to embody i think that to be honest i didn't mm, okay. but i knew that i at least needed to take what i was learning from this mastermind of action steps of organizing my life you know getting on a good routine taking time to learn and to read every day, just little things like that, that I knew that would push me in the right direction. Mm. Um, and again, it, it wasn't really until um, I joined my next mastermind that I really started to 
get into my purpose and get into, you know, what I really feel like, you know, I'm here to do. Um, and again, you know, that mastermind introduced me to Jeremy, who uh, created the Level Up Collective that we met in. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was just another member in that Social X mastermind. And like I told you when we were talking recently, you know, he just stood out to me as someone that asked the best possible questions uh, to these millionaires on these Zoom calls. Uh, and it just like really caught my eye of like, okay, this guy, you know, is really high level. And he he's like really trying to ask these like really high level questions. Uh, I want to like get to know him better. And when I followed his page, I saw that he was a coach and coaching other people and in business and coaching uh, like fitness people as well. Mm. And I just knew that he had knowledge that I could learn from. And literally like a month later, he dropped his own mastermind that was just like for entrepreneurs wanting to improve on their habits, on sleep hacks, on uh, getting more energy in the day, like some fitness stuff, some supplement stuff. And I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I was just, <laughs> you know, let's try it out. You know, I'm here for it. I want to learn from this guy and, you know, the rest was history. Yeah. Shout out to Jeremy Griffin, man. In regards to the community that we're both in right now, which is the Level Up Collective, um, you're one of the leaders in the community. And, you know, that's kind of how I met you. Uh, it was you host these investing calls every week. And I feel like the it, it's crazy how just one individual can bring together so many talented individuals and it just becomes like a, a almost like a network or a, or a ripple effect of all these different talent coming in, their unique gifts. And that's pretty much why I brought Jason along is because when I met Jason on the group calls, he was always so quick to give value, like just, just, just straight up, like any questions that you have in regards to investing, in regards to emotional intelligence, he was like, I'm here for you. You know what I mean? So I kind of, I felt that energy. And it resonated with me because when I started this YouTube channel, it was all about showing younger people and even like older people like that there's another way, like there's another way to live this life. It doesn't just have to be the, the, the you know what I'm saying? The nine to five, the, the matrix, the rat race, like it just, it doesn't have to be just that. In regards to when we last talked, you had a very interesting March 2020. Can you go over what happened during that time period? I'm pretty sure uh, there's a lot of um, nuance to this conversation, but I wanted to kind of uh, introduce a different perspective, especially from someone who had such a huge success with making money online to how the whole pandemic was like for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, March of 2020, um so just to like give some context i joined the level up collective with jeremy in january of 2020 mm -hmm. and the first couple of months was literally like taking supplements you know getting your sleep dialed in you know some fitness tips some consciousness stuff uh just like entrepreneurial uh beneficial tips, I guess. And there was nothing on investing yet in his program or in his course, um, in his teachings. 
Um, and in March of 2020, obviously the pandemic started to hit. Uh, people were really scared. Businesses were closing down. I was working uh, that Amazon job uh, where we basically had to work from home, even though when I got hired, they were like, there's no way you can work from home. You got to work in the office. And then the pandemic hits and they're like, all right, everyone go home, work from home. Um, and Jeremy hosted a an emergency investing call. So it was like mandatory. You had to be on it. Um, you know, he was making it a, a very serious point of like, this is a serious time that, you know, we got to get serious and there's huge opportunity here. And at the time, um, I dabbled in in some investments um, previously um, where I actually bought one Bitcoin in 2015 mm. uh, because my me and my buddies wanted to buy a fake ID from China. And that's the only currency they took because they wanted to be anonymous with their fake IDs. <laughs> uh, so I bought one for $200 and then like a week later it gets taken away by a bouncer. But that transaction, the fact that I was able to send money to someone in China and get something in return uh, really stuck with me. So I started getting interested in cryptocurrency and like kind of learning about it and um, especially after 2017, when I was watching it go from $200 up to $20,000, I was like, okay, this is serious. Mm. Uh, and in 2018, I started investing into some cryptocurrencies when they were all down bad, like they were all at the lowest lows. Uh, and, you know, I, sometimes I look back in my transactions and see, I was, you know, buying Ethereum at like 30 bucks, like 20 bucks. And like, trying to make like quick little flips, like trying to day trade and like, and I ended up losing all my money, like day trading and like trying to like get money quick. I was like, oh, the currency is like move so fast. So like, I'm going to become rich with it. Mm. That was like my mentality. Mm. Uh, but like what I didn't understand was like investing is a long-term game. If you see value in something, then you got to have the patience and, and, you know, just like the, intelligence to not be silly with your investments and know like if this is going to be worth more in the future then just stack it up uh, but obviously i didn't know better at the time i had no investing teachers or anything i was all on my own my charts looked like madness like so many lines and indicators all over the place like there's no way anyone could have known what was going on uh when looking at my charts at the time i had like a little chip on my shoulder from for that type of investing mm. i thought like it wasn't possible to make money i thought like oh like anyone that does this is just like faking it and they don't know like it's impossible to make money so that was kind of my mentality coming into the level up collective and jeremy had this like emergency call uh where he laid it out very simple and um i'm grateful like this was like a huge pivot in my life where he basically just laid it out like airlines are down 90 to 95% from their all-time highs. And he basically just said, like, if you believe that airlines are going to come back and that flights are going to resume at some point in the future, then this is going to be an amazing buying opportunity. And at the time, you know, there was a lot of 
info going around and we didn't really know like how deadly it was or if it was the flu or you know all that stuff you know every there was just a lot of noise and jeremy just made it really easy for me to make a decision of where to put my money and where to dump my money he basically just said if you have any available cash that is sitting in the bank or that you have able to invest you know this is your time uh, and he he played it with just airlines and cruise stocks were the two that he that he chose i made an executive decision to go against what my brain was telling me which is do not do it everyone's saying this is going to go lower the world is ending like everything's shutting down this is like not like this is like the apocalypse and i just like was like you know this is my time you know like this is this is a big moment of like how much lower could this go the stock was like five dollars like i was like okay um let's throw some money in there and see what happens uh so i just bought stock at the time i didn't even know about options i just bought the stock um bought a large amount and in a couple of months, multiplied it, uh, I think I like seven or eight X my my income, my my investment um, in like two and a half months, uh, just because I was buying so low that as it multiplied up, like my investment just popped off. Um, and like airline stocks don't really move like crazy either. I could have, you know, bought some tech stocks and had an even crazier return. But to me, it was just the the logic behind that investment just made the most sense. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I can only imagine seven or eight xing your portfolio in a matter of two months. So was that pretty much the start of your investing journey? Was that Mar that kind of that January to March time period of twenty twenty? Yeah, that was that was really the first time that like it clicked. Mm of just like <clears throat> this was just a smart move to make mm -hmm. and anyone that was not scared and not pulling out their money and trying to hoard cash the people that were investing when their gut was telling them you know to not do it those are the people that you know made millions mm -hmm. um from 2020 crash because after that crash we went on the biggest bull market that we've ever had in history you know, and I know people that as that bull market was starting, they kept saying like, no, this is not real. We're the economy is terrible. We're going to keep going down and everything just kept going up, up, up. Um, so it just showed me a lot that year, like really taught me a lot. And especially being in the market, watching these charts, you know, watching the price movement and paying attention to it, like just really like got me to start understanding like the game. So it's like we know it's manipulated but that doesn't mean we can't ride the wave you know absolutely yeah. and so with that pretty much success i'm pretty sure you had a ton of success with investing during that time period but something happened during that time period that caused you to pretty much lose everything can you tell us about that experience yeah absolutely um so obviously I'm still new to investing at this point and seeing those type of gains, seeing those type of returns, uh, so fast. Um, I think it's not healthy to be honest, uh, especially <laughs> when you're new. Um, 
you I, I, we were kind of talking about this like it felt like it was like a little video game it felt like i had like a, a video game app on my phone of just yeah. like fake money and you know the number just kept going up and i was like okay like this is piece of cake this is easy and i got humbled real quick and i you know saw this was like the first time that i realized like how important emotional intelligence is mm -hmm. when investing like if you don't if you're not like sharp if your mind isn't there and you're thinking about all these other things and you know maybe you have other things going on in your life like you're not going to be making good investment decisions so one the emotional intelligence and then two setting a plan i didn't really have a plan i didn't have a plan of when i was going to sell that investment i was just kind of like soaking in the feeling of like seeing more money come into my account in like the shortest amount of time so obviously greed started to play a part in my life and i'm sure anyone that has invested in, and made good money investing has felt that feeling mm -hmm. um, it's pretty normal for, for humans to feel that and you know to start kind of like creating these scenarios in your mind of like oh if this goes to this price then i'm gonna have this much money in my account and then I can buy all these things with that, or then I can retire, or then I could live my dream life. Um, and I realized, you know, all of that comes from a place of lack. Mm. It all comes from a place of like, you feel like you don't have that already. And hitting $100,000 in your portfolio is going to change, you know, solve all your problems and it's just going to make your problems more relevant. Um, so going back to the story, my account was, was going crazy, number was going up. Um, getting, you know, very excited and thinking about, you know, my next big purchase. Uh, I really wanted to buy a Tesla. That was like in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy a Tesla in cash. And I'm just going to like go, go to a dealership with cash and just drop the <laughs> cash on the counter and buy a Tesla. Like that's what was going on, going on in my mind. I was like, I'm just going to like prove it to everyone that I'm like falling out and like buy myself a Tesla. And uh, a friend of mine, um at the time was also investing and also we were kind of chatting pretty frequently about what we were getting into and what we were buying and how our investment journey was going and a friend of mine recommended me um a company that just it was basically like a penny stock mm -hmm. it was worth pennies and went from pennies to eleven dollars in two weeks mm -hmm. and there was a lot of hype around this stock um, I didn't know anything much about it. And, you know, I made some mistakes of over investing into something that I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and also invested using a more advanced technique, which is options, uh, where you give yourself a time frame to basically bet if the stock is going to be above or below a certain price. So the, the stock shot up to like $11 and then it came down to like $5. And, you know, I had outside influences telling me, oh, it's going back up. It's going to 20 next. And I was just thinking in my head, okay, if I put all my money into this at five and it goes to 20, you know, then I'll have, you know, $400,000 in my account, you know, or whatever. I was just like dreaming about how big I could grow my account. Uh, and immediately right after I buy and I, you know, put most of my account into that position, um, it just starts coming down more. And I keep 
adding more to it. And I'm like, okay, it's now it's at three. Now it's got to go from three to 20. Now I'm going to make this much money. And then the next week it's like two. Um, and basically I did such a short time frame where I was like, it's going to be at $10 or above in, you know, two weeks that those two weeks flew by the stock just went down and that whole entire amount went to zero. Oh, man. And that was basically a big like rock bottom in my life. I felt like that was like something I worked so hard for. I mean, even though I just, you know, clicked a few buttons, mm -hmm. like that was someone's, you know, yearly income that I basically just threw away because I got greedy. Mm. And that was definitely a, a really low point in my life. And I felt like kind of giving up and, and, you know, feeling like, oh, this is not for me. And, you know, feeling all those thoughts. And, you know, slowly, slowly worked myself with, like, worked myself back to realizing that, you know, I was just one decision away from multiplying my money. Mm -hmm. If I like accidentally clicked that I was going to buy or that I was going to bet that it was going to go down instead of up, I would have multiplied that amount of money and made a ton of money. Right. So that was kind of what was going through my head after I was like, it was just one decision. You know, there was something on the chart that I missed. And that's what started my like obsession with charting mm -hmm. and just like testing and practicing and trying all these different strategies to see like, what did I miss? And now, if I look at that same chart, you know, now with fresh eyes, it's like, it was so obvious that it was just a pump and dump. Like it was so clear. But at the time, again, I just didn't have the experience and like the, the ability to see, you know, I, I don't, I didn't know what I was looking at. I like to, I like to like kind of frame it in like sports terms, like basketball. Like if someone that's never played basketball before steps on a court, they're not going to know how to shoot. They're not going to know plays. They're not going to know how to set a screen. Right. They're not going to know about, you know, double dribbles or fouls or anything. Maybe you step on a court and you shoot the the half court shot and you make it and you're like, oh, it's so easy. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what it felt. And then I got thrown into an NBA game and just was absolutely like demoralized. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I slowly, slowly started adding back to my account. Obviously I was still working other jobs and still making money with my e-commerce store. So it wasn't like my entire life was like actually in shambles, but like it was, I, I took a big hit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it took a lot for me to, you know, get up off the floor and brush myself off and, and get back into it. And, um, that really humbled me. And I think that the market has a way of, of humbling people that get too greedy or feel like it's too easy and feel like, you know, that they, that they know it all. And that's like really what it taught me is like, I know nothing. Yeah. When we first talked about this, I remember thinking in my head when you told me this, that there's a lot of value in knowing somebody's success, but I think the real gems lie within the mistakes that they made to get to where they're at. I, I remember you telling me too, that that painful rock bottom is what actually kickstarted your actual investing journey. What what kind of led you to want to go from just doing it yourself, just learning the charts and, you know, after taking a big loss like that, what kind of led you to want to lead others in regards to investing? Oh, like I said, I, I literally got so obsessed with looking at these charts, like 
anyone that was like in my life during that time period, 2020, 2021, like anyone that was in my vicinity saw that like I had these charts up 24 seven on my phone, on my computer, literally just studying, practicing and like literally like what I was just saying before of like trying to figure out what, what did I miss? Like just that question, like what did I miss to think that this stock was going to keep going up? And that led me to, you know, YouTube videos, just, you know, courses, books, same thing with my Amazon journey that, you know, we've talked about like YouTube university, Yeah, so much value on YouTube that people just put out there for free that I just watched, you know, tons of free courses, free videos and, and started learning, you know, started kind of piecing all the puzzle pieces together to get to a point where I kind of took it on my own path of kind of teaching and, and coaching myself through, you know, paper trading, which is basically like practicing trading with fake money. Mm -hmm. um, and then starting with a smaller account size and hanging around with $5 in my account. And it's like, would I really care if I lose this $5? And it's like, no, I really don't. So let's practice some different techniques and see if I can see some consistency. And then that consistency led to me stepping into, you know, my power and kind of embodying like, okay, like I'm seeing consistent success with these strategies. And I started just sharing them in the mastermind. Um, and I, the people that are in the mastermind, like have seen my posts where I'll, you know, share like, Hey, this is what I'm getting into. This is why this is, you know, my risk tolerance. This is my position size, like get out. And I'm just like, Hey, this is what I'm getting into. And a lot of people have followed me on these call outs um, and made really good money. Mm. Um, and I think that it wasn't, it wasn't about me wanting to teach. It was more so people asking for it. The, the people said that they wanted, you know, time with me, they wanted to learn from me, you know, they wanted to see what strategies and, you know, indicators or techniques that I was doing. And I, you know, again, I was there to serve and kind of took that mentality of like, maybe I can help someone out and maybe I, I can give that knowledge that they need to, to not make a mistake that I made in the past. That's pretty much the, I would say the, the hero's journey in a nutshell right there. <laughs> what was kind of like the shift in your life? Was it that, that people were just asking for you to help them out that kind of wanted you to go all in with investing and helping others to achieve their financial goals or was it you know, something deeper? So at the time I was also uh, presented with an opportunity to teach in another, you know, similar mastermind group. Um, and that was really the first time that I stepped into that power and stepped into that role where I really like realized that I had to be very careful with what I shared mm. and I couldn't just, you know, throw some things out if I was like kind of sure if you know that was the right move to make because I'm just like you you know I'm making these personal connections with people I'm you know learning about their lives and like I want to benefit their lives I don't want to make them make a silly mistake and and lose their hard-earned money that they they worked hard for so uh for about six to eight months um I stepped into this leadership role um, that really helped me to embody everything that I was putting myself through. Um, 
and I, again, I just think it's part of part of the journey, part of the path that I was on to start teaching in this other program while I was still honing my skills and learning how to teach in a way that people could actually take action steps from. Yeah. And not just like share my wins and share how everything's going over here and like not really help. Um, so yeah, I like built out a program, like my own course, my own program for that group. And then I was also coaching uh, one or two times a week. And yeah, that just really helped me to embody everything that I was was learning and that I was teaching. Uh, I feel like just being a teacher is the best way to really learn something uh, and really like embody those teachings. So um, I credit that a lot to the investor that I am today. Um, and I think other people in the Level Up Collective and Jeremy's group started seeing me step into that role. And, you know, I was sharing some uh, Instagram stories that people would tag me in, you know, sharing my charts and things like that. Um, and they, you know, started asking me to do one-on-ones. They started asking me for tips and tricks. They started asking me, hey, when when are you getting in your next position? You know, <laughs> they started you know, asking like, hey, let's get into a trade together. Um, <laughs> And that's when that's when people in, in the Level Up Collective started asking me to just hop on a Zoom call. They were like, hey, like, we'd love if you could just get on a Zoom call and have a, an open call that if people want to learn more that they have you or have me as a resource. So, yeah, it's been it's been a, a super cool journey. And yeah, it's just it's just helped me to really improve fast. Um, I like can't believe where I'm at in, let's just say, since 2020 until now you know three years um i feel like i'm light years ahead of where i was at and i'll never i'll never let someone else manage my money it's like i have that like inside of me that like i'm the best that i can give you know and it's like that's it you know why would i why would i give my money to someone that gets me five percent a year (laughs) hashtag hedge funds (laughs) yeah it's like, why would I do that? Why would I waste my time with that when I could just do it myself? Yeah. That's, that's quantum leaps for you right there. Yeah. I really resonate with what you said in regards to being really careful with what you say or tell somebody else. Um, and I say this because for you know the content that I put out there in regards to my viewers, I have to be what I say. I can't just tell them one thing and then like behind the scenes, I'm doing another thing. Like that would be, you know, that would be harmful to not just myself, but to them, like the energy that I put out. So I can only imagine what it's like to, you know, give someone advice on certain investing strategies. And maybe if you weren't too sure, like they end up losing money and now they're like looking at you like, bruh, you know what I mean? So it, you hold a lot of responsibility and that responsibility dramatically pushes you to level up in and out of itself like it's it's crazy the amount of growth that you can accumulate just by being in the position of holding responsibility so with that being said what's you know one thing you would tell the audience right now in regards to how they can level up their investing game Mm. So I'll give like a quick story about um, this other group that I was a part of um, that 
another coach or let's just say another coach in the program um was trying to teach people trying to teach the students to make money quick and it resonated with me that it, it was the same feeling that got me into trouble in 2020 of like oh i just want to get that tesla i want to hit you know yeah. multiple six figures in my account because i felt like it was coming from a place of lack and once that started, once that started happening, that he was trying to teach people to day trade and and just be in and out on the markets, looking at the one minute chart, like I just saw it was like irresponsible. And it's not, that's not the type of investing that resonated with me. And that's when uh, we started, you know, separating our ways and I left the group and, you know, went back to the level of collective and was just in there full time. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my advice is like, take it slow. I guess like it's easy to see from other people and it's easy to, to go on Twitter and on YouTube and see people that are, you know, multimillionaires with investing and you think that it's like super easy to do. Um, and I like to also give an analogy of like a doctor, right? To like become a doctor, to become a, a surgeon, you got to go to four years of school, then you got to do four years of grad school. Then you got to do four years of internships and residencies. You're practicing nonstop at this skill that gets you this job that gives you six-figure income, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, how many years did you have to put in and all that dedicated time and all the textbooks and all the studying you had to do to get that salary? So like, don't think that that's going to come right away. A lot of people start coming from this place of lack when they start yes. thing of like, I don't have the money and I'll never have that. And they'll make mistakes to self-sabotage themselves to lose it all because they want things quickly. You know, they want that instant gratification. So one, I would just say, you know, take things slow, um, you know, baby steps you know, get in the get in the go kart first and learn how to drive before you get into the NASCAR or the F1, you know, going through 250 miles an hour, because some people, they try to go too fast too quickly and, and they make mistakes. And that's literally what happened to me. I tried to go too fast too quickly. Before I knew the fundamentals, you know, before I knew how to shoot a basketball, I was trying to get signed to the NBA, right? So definitely, you know, take things slowly. And you know, second, I would just have to say, like, find find someone that's doing it, find a mentor or, you know, find someone you trust to kind of guide you through the process and, you know, hold your hand along the way. And it's tough. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And that's also, you know, part of why I think it's so rewarding to teach and share what I've learned um, to help people, you know, to level up and to improve as fast as possible there was something that stood out to me about what you were saying which was coming from a place of lack i believe that you know that ties into pretty much these personal problems that we have in in our lives you know i mean in our personal lives that can reflect in our business or our investing journey and recently you've had some inner work that you've been doing so what what caused you to want to look deep inside and, and heal from, you know, certain traumas that you might have carried up until, you know, your healing session? Sure. What, what kind of pushed you to heal from that? 
even before I started my Amazon business, um, I don't even know where I heard the quote, but maybe it was a YouTube video or something, but, or a book basically stating that your business is a direct reflection of yourself mm. and any problems that you see in your business, they're happening in other areas of your life. So that really resonated with me. And I worked through a lot of stuff building my Amazon store that again, these traumas, these limiting beliefs uh, would, would show up and, you know, I wouldn't really know what to do when I was first starting my business and I would let it affect me and I would let it pull me down. Um, and those same limiting beliefs were still in play when I started making all that money again, which allowed me to self-sabotage myself and, and make stupid decisions, silly decisions, um, to get me back to feel comfortable, right? If my state, my resting state was in a state of lack, that's where my subconscious wants me to get back to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do want to like give my flowers to Jeremy because being in that mastermind and being around all these like high income earners. Um, and just high level people, I think just being in close vicinity to these high income earners, you just start like soaking in this knowledge. And before you know it, it's just part of who you are. Yeah. Uh, and just, yeah, being around Jeremy, obviously he had some incredible master classes and um, incredible videos in his course and his program that started to get me out of that and started to show me that all of these limiting beliefs were one just you know traumatic events from our childhood or two stories that we told ourselves you know that we believed are true when in reality we're limitless beings you know so we're just placing all those limits on ourselves i think healing is a journey that it's never done Think there's always work to be done in that field facts um but i i definitely resonated with and uh mark's talking about this uh breathwork event that i went to um i definitely resonated with this event because as a man uh, i feel like a lot of men repress a lot of emotions and repress a lot of traumatic events that have happened in their life um, where, you know, I had a dad that, you know, told me not to, not to cry, not to show my feelings, you know, be a man, suck it up. Mm -hmm. A lot of men, you know, will resonate with that. Um, and I saw this, uh, healing breathwork event that basically allowed you to tap into those deep rooted traumas and, and deep rooted emotions and kind of work through them. And again, you know, I saw it as a way to improve upon myself for my business. I saw it as a way to heal myself, to be a better teacher, to be a better coach. The event was incredible. The um, healing and the, the feeling that I got from it uh, was like a lot of forgiveness for myself, a lot of forgiveness for my family, uh, for my friends, for anyone that's, you know, did me wrong over the years. And, you know, realizing that everyone is just, you know, their inner child. You know, all, all of our parents are just unhealed inner child adults. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't know what's going on. They they never knew what was going on when they were raising you. And um, you got to you got to forgive. 
you know you got to forgive them for for everything no not hold on to any uh resentments yeah because that that negative energy can can attach itself onto you and it can bleed into the way you run your business or the way you make investing decisions it's like if you were carrying like this energy of like hate towards the fact that your dad was cheap you know you know had terrible money issues and you were holding on to that whenever you were wanting to make an investing decision that was going to be that was going to make or break what was going to happen with that you know the outcome of that decision you told me once that one decision can mess up everything if you haven't worked on your emotional intelligence and i believe that plays into how much we've gone into healing ourselves the inner work that we've done and you know i i resonate with that too because being in the level up collective i uncovered some aspects of myself that i didn't even know existed like money problems i didn't even know i didn't even know we could have a relationship with money everything is spiritual i knew that for a fact but i didn't know that we could have a spiritual money relationship and based on how we grew up or how our ancestors lived we can carry some of their trauma and i remember being in a point in my life where i had achieved my goals which was making a ton of money and paying off my car and as soon as i did i was i was like whoa what's next and i kept thinking to myself like this can't just be all like this can't just be it and i started backsliding i made so much money in so little time and just like you i kept i started backsliding i my subconscious mind was not comfortable with being in a place where you've put yourself in a pretty good position now it needs to go back you know what i mean because we don't feel comfortable being at this state and that's where healing and understanding yourself right know thyself really comes into play yeah and i just want to um, add a little quote in there that uh, jeremy has talked about millions and millions of times and it's money flows to those who take care of it and any time that we've lost money and we've done silly things with it it's it's because we weren't caring about it you know i threw my entire portfolio into a company that i've never heard of because my buddy said it's going up you know and that was a big learning lesson uh in terms of my relationship with money as well yeah um and yeah like how you do one thing is how you do everything so x there were a lot of other problems that were happening in my life with relationships and friendships and other things of that sort that all of these problems were showing up in so many different areas and it was like you know god was telling me hey you got you got some stuff to work on <laughs> that's why you know you're not where you're not where you're wanting to be at we've gone over emotional intelligence a lot of i would say a few times now and for the you know, folks that are watching this I i'm sure that they don't know what emotional what you mean by emotional intelligence so how does that play into making decisions on the stock market and how can someone improve their emotional intelligence yeah um it's definitely it's definitely like i said something that you don't think about Mm -hmm. start you don't think about how emotional you'll get when you're investing your hard-earned money 
into something that you don't really know what will happen in a sense, right? We can have, I could have all, all of my indicators and the chart look beautiful and everything looks great. And there could be news that happens the next day that the company goes bankrupt or whatever is out of my control. Yeah. But I think, I think one just in improving your relationship with money is definitely something that I would, you know, journal about. Um, I would definitely journal about how you deal with your emotions. Now, I feel like some people just innately are better at dealing with their emotions and better at staying in the present and kind of clearing their head. And um, again, I'm just going to like use a, a little sports analogy. Um, I was a big tennis player growing up and I learned that after every point, you know, it's the next point and whatever happened in the past is in the past. I can't change anything. And even if I'm down, uh, love 40, you know, all I have to do is win four points in a row and I'm, you know, we're back to tied. You know, so um, I would say that learning the skill of properly meditating, I think a lot of people sleep on meditation being like such a powerful resource um, to regulate yourself and to kind of come back to the present. Um, I think that when you start investing, you know, you start feeling all these emotions and feeling uh, yourself getting pulled in all these directions of getting fearful, getting greedy, getting anxious, right? That's because you're not in the present moment. And, you know, if you did your due diligence and if you've done your uh, fundamental analysis into these companies that you believe in, then write your plan down, stick to it. And, you know, then that starts to take the emotions out of the picture. That That's funny that you mentioned that most people aren't in the present moment and it's so funny because with investing it's like you're kind of thinking in a sense like future tense right like what could happen with the stock that's why you have fundamental analysis which is where you go into this the the, the company itself and you figure out what their assets are their 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 cash on hand their current debt you know what i mean like all these different all the information about them that would play into whether or not you want to invest for this company. So when you when you bring yourself to the present moment, it's not just thinking about what could happen with this investment, but it's also like, where are your emotions now? And is it going to affect whether or not you are going to, you know, have control over certain things and whether this, you know, investment goes down or not. And there really are things outside of our control that we that we just don't have a say in. And so when, you know, when you work on your emotional intelligence, it just adds to your resilience of dealing with this because there's always going to be losses. Sure. But I've, I heard this in one of the calls that the name of the game is to minimize the amount of losses and just get the most amount of wins that you can, that you can possibly get. Yeah. And that's the same for the business journey as well. How fast can you fail, right? <laughs> but not everybody can deal with all those failures, those mistakes, and even much less learn from them. Yeah, I, I just want to make a point on that as well, that um, if you're someone that's starting your investing journey, and if you're just maybe listening into this, and you're about to start making your first investment, I think that if you start 
feeling like be honest with yourself if you start feeling scared if you start feeling fear if you start feeling greed what that's telling me is that you're you're putting too much money into this mm. you're over investing and that's why you're feeling those feelings if you just put one dollar into tesla right and it goes down to zero are you going to be feeling fearful are you going to be feeling scared no it's just a dollar yeah no it's a piece of gum you know it's like are you really going to be worried about that dollar right so everyone has different rules that should be in place uh when you start investing and i think one of the biggest rules is learning what you're comfortable as a position size right and at the start it's hard it's like you want to make money fast and it's like oh it sucks i'm just going to put 10 dollars in and if it goes up 100% i'm only going to make 10 dollars it's like that's fine you did it right you literally did it right and all you got to do is keep growing in other businesses and keep growing you know your income in other ways that you can keep adding to your to your portfolio in a way that you're comfortable with I remember when you first told me that I was like I was pretty blown away because I I've started my investing journey on crypto. It was on Ethereum, and there was just so many, yeah, so many mistakes. Looking back at it, looking back now, that could have been minimized had I, you know, just not only one done my due diligence, but also checked myself emotionally and how much I was actually investing, not just financially but emotionally into this, and. Everybody wants to look at the numbers, but nobody wants to look at the unseen, which is mm. our emotional tie to this investment. And so with that being said, you know, to bring this all back full circle, why should someone who has never invested in their life, why should they even invest right now? Yeah, so a couple of reasons. One, uh, we're all investors. I think that's a big perspective shift that your viewers if they're listening to this like should have is you've invested your time into so many things in your life look at the skills and and everything that you've learned in your life and how much time and effort you put into that and what you've gained from it right um you everyone innately believes in certain companies whether you like it or not like I love Apple, for an example. I have a MacBook, I have a iPod. I bought all the iPod touches and the, uh, you know, when they first came out and it was like a thousand songs on this device and that was like the craziest thing. But if you just bought a share of Apple instead of buying that product, that could have been a hundred to tens of thousands of dollars, you know, over 20 years. And it's like, yeah, okay, 20 years. But we all innately know where the world is going. We all know it, like deep inside of us, if you ask yourself, where's the world going? We see it, the trends are pretty clear. Technology is moving faster than ever at an exponential rate. Mm -hmm. Like it's only gonna get smarter, faster, smaller, mm -hmm. easier to use. I see it as when you invest in, in one of these companies, you're actually becoming a part owner of the company. You know, what does your portfolio look like? Are you proud of the companies in your portfolio? You know, and even if you're just putting a dollar in it just to like pay attention and watch it, you're subconsciously teaching yourself and subconsciously practicing 
this skill set that once you have the money to make a significant investment that you're comfortable with, then you can take advantage of the next opportunity, of the next crash, of the next bull market on crypto. We know that's going to happen. Maybe not the exact time frame or the date it actually starts, right? And so that's why I like to teach longer term. You know, give yourself the grace to be patient and wait three to five years for that next bull market to come on and, and make sure that you're stacking and, you know, prepared that, uh, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, everyone is so quick for the next, the next uh, shiny object, right? The next pump and dub, the next crypto coin that's going to pop off. Uh, and that's kind of what I was exposed to in my earlier investing journey. Like I was seeing a whole bunch of people making a ton of money on Dogecoin, Shiba, and I got into that hype and it was like, I learned very quickly. I think, you know, with you sharing your, or actually rather, I believe that with you sharing all this knowledge, it's like, it's moving certain people that have fear around getting into investing or it's like too much that it's not really it's not really as, as as scary as you might think because we all invest like you said like right. it could be money it could be time it could be energy you might as well get something out of it and if you've done your due diligence and you've checked yourself then it is something that can dramatically change your life especially during the time period we're in which is generational wealth type of time frame yeah, I also want to give one more quote um, from Warren Buffett, yes, who's sir. probably you know the most highly esteemed investor uh, of all time. And one of his most famous quotes is that the stock market is a vehicle to flow money from the impatient to the patient. Mm. That's literally all it is. Sheesh. The fact of the matter is that these markets are always going to be here because as humans, it's like a normal human instinct to feel fear and greed and that's literally what moves these markets it's like why is bitcoin worth thirty thousand dollars right now right it's still the same coin that it was when it was sixty nine thousand dollars mm -hmm. right tesla is the same company it was when it was at four hundred dollars and now it's a hundred hundred and eighty dollars right the company is still the same badass company that's going to take over the world yeah. How many more Teslas are you seeing on the roads now? And like superchargers and all these things that are popping up, right? It's like Tesla's here to stay. And like, it's not, it's not even a car company. They're doing so many other things, right? So going back to what I was saying, it's just like, we know where this is going. So mm -hmm. it's like, it pays to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Facts. I remember once that you told me that investing is a gift that you were meant to share with this world. I wanted to ask how you came across this divine guidance. How I like figured out that I had this gift or how I figured out that I want to like share it. Pretty much how you had the gift and wanted to share it. Yeah, I mean, I think that my journey is unique, but at the same sense, like everyone that's listening can do exactly what I'm doing. It's not like I'm some special human that has some secret algorithm to like tell me when to invest. I just put in the time and put in the dedication. And like I was saying back to the first mastermind group that I was listening to these millionaires, you know, talk about their stories and their journeys. It's like, they were just obsessed and they stuck with it no matter what happened. And 
I had many, many failures with investing that I could have given up at any time and said, this is not for me and said, okay, I got to find the next, you know, shiny object. I, I had so many opportunities to do that. And something inside of me just said, you know, keep going, you know, you're getting closer, you know, you're, you're learning as you go. Each, each loss was just rent that I had to pay, you know, dues to pay to, to learn or to learn a lesson or just to be humbled. And I just feel like in these past three years, obviously, like I started, you know, with my 2015 $200 Bitcoin and invested a little bit there. But I feel like when I started taking investing seriously was 2020, you know, so three years of just deep dedication and, and passion of wanting to learn this skill set. Um, has gotten me to a point where I can identify those opportunities to make money in any market, in any direction. So I'm like fully living in the state of abundance now that I, I don't care if I miss a move. I don't care if Bitcoin goes from 30,000 to 60,000 right now. I'm, I'm good. Like, and it's this like really freeing feeling mm. of, I'm, I'm never going to feel FOMO again. You know, it's, I'm in control of how I manage my money and where I place my money and placing my plan and being smart about it now that it's pretty beautiful that I'm able to do this from my phone. Yeah. Just like all I need is my phone and internet connection and I'm able to bring money into my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people will resonate with that. And I know that a lot of people have this trauma or have these negative connotations to investing because they've never been successful or someone in their life has told them you're never going to be successful or lost their money, you know, doing something silly. So I kind of want to just be like a light in this investing world um, where everyone, everyone that I've seen comes comes from a different lens of like, I'm going to show you how to make $10,000 in a day, or I'm going to show you how to retire in a month. And it's all about like the ego based of like, how to make the most money. And none of those people, even if they do make money, they're all going to end up losing it, just because they're not doing it from a place of like, la they're doing it from a place of lack. Mm. So yeah, I'm trying to flip the script and and <laughs> literally flip the script and like come from a completely opposite direction of like you got everything inside of you already. You know, and if you know that for a fact, then you know that abundance is on the way, mm -hmm. whether it takes a year, whether it takes five years, whether it takes 10 years. OK, like you're setting yourself your future self up for success. And if I can help more people to feel that and learn the, the skill set to to get there, then definitely feeling uh, really fulfilled. Thank you, Jason, for your time and your energy. Um, if you wanted to make any or mention any final things before we kind of uh, wrap it up, any um, plugs that you wanted to do, feel free to uh, do so now. Sure, yeah, uh, like Mark was saying, uh, you can just follow me on, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, my handle's the same. Uh, Jason Harecki, no spaces. 
um would love to connect with you guys if you want to reach out and send me a dm like i'm i'm open public account so i'm happy to talk with you guys through any of this and uh working also with jeremy on creating uh an enlightened investor program to basically teach people to learn that emotional intelligence learn how to heal and then learn you know strategies proven strategies that we've learned over the years that have worked really well for us so we're here to you know hold your hand and and help you to to learn the skill set beautiful uh my mission and jason's mission is truly just to give back and add value to the world and to be a beacon of light to those that want to pave a different path or go a different way that you know they weren't made aware of and it's out there it's possible you just have to know where to look thank you guys for tuning in i pray that you all have a blessed rest of your morning your day your night whatever time it may be for you guys and i will see you all in the next episode Peace.